When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fellow adventurers, once again, the Thane has a task for us. This one is the Bog Giant. Thane Poen's voice lowers, his tone becomes grim, grim, and his far fails relates to you an unsettling bit of news out of the nearby village of Tufflestock. Well, on this adventure, Thane Poen's voice lowers. And his tone becomes grim. Smile fades as he relates to you an unsettling bit of news out of the nearby village of Duffelstock. Learn that over the past few days, word has reached the Thane about several sightings of a bog giant at the edge of a swamp just to the east of the village. Two days ago, he tells you, he dispatched a man in his service by the name Pruitt to Duffelstock to investigate the possibility that the giant might indeed be lurking nearby. He brought a to bread. Now, Graying, with age, was once a border ranger, and is still a markedly skilled swordsman, and a man of unquestionable bravery and loyalty. Bread sent, sent word late yesterday. He's seen the creature himself, says the Thane, wise, rising from his chair by the fire. Stalling over to a cluttered table on the far side of the chamber. He retrieves an ancient looking scroll and carefully spreads it on the table. What do you know of this symbol, Soup? Peering down through the unfurled length of parchment, your eyes fall upon the only black upon the only black marking on the wrinkled time weathered sheet, a small black tear shaped mark. It is an unmistakable and fear-inspiring symbol. The Oxian Tear, the mark of the demon himself. Time to read some of the lore entries about the Oxian Tear. The Oxian Tear is the name given to the solid black tear-shaped symbol that is said to be the mark of Ichthyon. The tear is a symbol that invokes a sense of revulsion and fear by nearly all who see it. The symbol derives its name from the Neville realm of Oxus, where it is believed that Ichthyon resides. While scholars and sages have long argued over the exact symbol of the tear, genuinely accepted the mark as a symbol that represents the anguish, sorrow, and suffering of those who fall beneath the demon's claws. Now, who is this demon? He looks like a very bad guy. Ichthyon is the name of a powerful demon lord from the realm of Oxus. Ixwis second great age was named after the demon lord. The age of Ichthyon. It is marked by Ichthyon's attempt to evade and conquer the world. Ichthyon is said to be one of the seven great demon lords and inhabit the nevermore realm of Oxus. Oh dear. Age of Ichthyon. The Age of Ichthyon is the second of Swift's three great ages, Ordion, Ichthyon, 
and Therion. Wait, so this is being written down far, far in the future, I guess. This shallow, this shadowy chapter in the time of the world is marked by the attempts of the demon Lognithion and his minions to invade and conquer Swith. Through tears in the fabric of time and space that separate the world Swift from the shadowy never world of the Neverness, and with the help of malevolent entities within Swift itself, Ichthion's invasion slowly took form. By the way of Shadow Pass, the, min the Demon Lord's minions began appearing on Swift in greater and greater numbers. In some instances, the Shadow Paths used by Ichthion's losses were amendments left over from previous days. But all too often, there were the construct of traitorous, treacherous elements native to the world the demons sought to conquer. Oh dear. Oh dear, he looks like, he looks like he's the big bad. Pearl's message said that, that the back of both of the bog giant's hands were emblazoned with the mark, he says, moving his hands from the parts of it, allowed to curl at the ends. This casts a broader, more sinister shadow of an already dangerous set of circumstances. Also forces us to deal with, deal with the matter less openly than we might otherwise. Simple good folk are willing to accept that a way where giant might be moving about a nearby swamp. Not, however, quite so rationally to the idea of an emissary of the demon himself has arrived at their doorstop. The thane sighs, picks up the scroll. He unfurls it and again studies the symbol that stares back at him from the centre of the sheet. The finer details of this matter must not yet be made known to anyone. Not just yet. Particularly not to the good people of Tuttlestock. Suppose it shouldn't really surprise Evers, he says, casting the scroll down on the table as he begins to pace in front of the fire. The wickedness of this age will no doubt come swift upon us, manners and places we might never hope to expect. We've never been led to believe otherwise, while the cowardly and the simple society by, through all but woking the age with open arms and a salute of horns, there are still at least those of us willing to stand in the path of all prophecies, for what good may come of stubborn defiance. Dane Point turns to you and smirks, I'm never one caught short for it, he says. More often I speak to gather my thoughts than to thrust them on others. Nevertheless, if what, what fear relates to me and also is true, then I fear the danger is greater than than, than I imagined when I sent him there to investigate. He will need the assistance of one accustomed to such things. He will need you, Zoop. The Thane walks over and places his hand on his shoulder and asks you, you will travel to the village of Tufflestock and investigate the sightings of the marked bog giant. Of course I will. Thane Pollard meets you in the shoulder cross and, he, and tells you that he has no doubt that you would be eager to accept the mission. For waiting for a coach to bay at Tufflestock. It waits for you at the keep gates. Thane tells you that upon your arrival in the village, you should attempt to locate his agent, the former border ranger named Virid. I dare say it shouldn't be hard for him to, to find him a place as small as Tufflestock. He'll be glad to see you, no doubt. Hard-pressed to find any sign of the giant, you might step into the sour moon. There's an ale there that is quite beyond the measure of most. 
also I fondly recall. You're about to leave the chamber and make your way to the waiting coach. The fame wishes you luck and tells you to take care. I need not tell you to be cautious, he says, his tone gravely serious. This is all the business markers of business I'd rather we didn't find ourselves in the midst of. Yet, here we are, all the same. If you can confirm what Pruitt and the others have seen, send word back to me, and I'll take any necessary measures. May the old father watch over you, Zoop. At the gates of Trim Keep, you find the coach waiting. The driver leaps down and opens the door, ushering you to the sparse but clean interior of the carriage. You just hold tight in there, he tells you as he, cl- as he climbs back into his seat in front of the wagon. Be up and about the old village before you know it. The first leg of, of the relatively short journey to Sock seems without incident as, as the coach rumbles along the roads outside Trithic, slowly making its way east into the more desolate country that surrounds the village. Despite a gnawing sense of urgency, anticipation of what might await you in the village, you're just about to surrender to a few moments of precious sleep for your, for your arrival when you suddenly feel the wagon begin to slow. You next hear the, dry, the voice of the driver coupled with that of the other man, and you probably peer out the window to see what's going on. Stopped outside the wagon, directly across crossing the window on the opposite side of the road, sits a low man on a chestnut steed. The man's guard quickly identifies him as a border ranger, and you are immediately eager to see if he bears any news regarding the events in Buffalo. It's like, ooh, it's a check. What, what could be happening? Anyway, pick a number. Bonus of 65. From luck, 10 from luck, 40 from aura, and 15 from feathery. So I've got to notice something, and someone's being sneaky, I'm guessing. Could it be... 156. Your eyes fall upon something on the ranger's horse that sends your pulse racing. Just above the creature's white foreleg is a small dark marking in the shape of a tear, much like the one you viewed on Thane Pollen's song. It is an unmistakable symbol. The Oxian Tear! Without warning, the horse wears up and the ranger vanishes. A horrifying transformation comes over the chestnut steed. For your eyes, the sturdy horse transforms into a amorphous yellow creature of slime. Out of the midst of its putrid, jelly-like slime, merges six long, flailing tentacles. A hideous, gurgling sound rises into the air. Oh no, oh no! The beast shoots out three of its deadly tentacles, striking both horses and the coach driver. The horses thrash about wildly before collapsing. Driver topples from his wooden bench and lands face first into the ground. Neither the horses nor the driver move again. That's a jerk move. He took it out on the horses. And the driver. I'm I'm the hero. You should be fighting me. Me. I'm the one you fight. I am the person who fights the monsters. Do you have to pick a fight with two horses and a driver? That's a jerk move! Jerk move! I'm gonna shoot you with an arrow! Oh, wait, that, that did. I unsuccessfully used my archery skill. Well, oh, that's embarrassing. 
Having failed at your attempted action, you must quickly determine another course. Attack the tentacled slime creature! You leap forward and attack the slime creature, narrowly dodging two of its tentacles as they shoot past within inches of your torso. Remember this is for the horse? Pain racked. The tentacled slime beast strikes at you with its oozing tentacles. Pain racks through your body as your enemy courses through your veins. Oh dear. Ooh, pain racks through my body again. As the venom of my enemy courses through my veins. Yes, avenging the horse. Avenging the other horse. Avenging the driver. You have seen your foe for six experience. The quivering mound of mime that serves as the torso of the tentacled beast shudders violently as the terrifying creature expires. You watch in revulsion as the beast's body rapidly dissolves into a thin puddle of yellow ooze. The coach driver and the two horses are dead. Deep red gashes whittle their torsos, evidence of their fatal encounter with the deadly tentacles of the slime beast. You place the driver inside the coach and fold his arms over his chest. After saying a quick prayer for him, you take one last look around before promptly setting off on your way, now more than, more eager than ever to reach Tufflestock. As you continue along the road to the east, bound for Tufflestock, your encounter with the t- tentacle slime creature pays your thought. You find it inconceivable that this incident and the sightings of the bog giant are random separate events, which leads you to believe you may be walking into more intimate peril in the small village than you first anticipated. And I anticipated a lot of peril. As the road descends out of the tangle of wood and begins widening its way, the room of a more open evergreen voice, you can't seem to dodge the nang suspicion that the target in the attack on the coach was you. Wide bands of ancient pines and towering spruces, which constitute the endless, constitute the vast evergreen wood, gradually thin out, and the road you're following passes by a series of fence meadows before finally dipping into the broad, shallow vale wherein lies the village of Tufflestock. Again, your first glimpse of the village as the road climbs over the back of a stony rise. The sight that sends your heart racing. Tufflestock lies in ruin. Not a single building remains standing in the village. Tall heaps of rubble and splitted timbers line the road leading to the centre of the village, serving as a grim testament to the savage might of the enemy, of an enemy that's all but erased the small vit settlement from the map. As you move along the road, drawing closer to the debris choked village square, you encounter the first of the bodies. By the time you reach the square, you've encountered, encountered the corpse of over 30 villagers, men, women and children. Victims of the horrific and brutal attack that few could hope to stand against. Many of the dead appear to have been in full flight, they were driven into the earth by the deadly stroke of a massive weapon. The twisted remains of the innocent citizens of Tufflestock is a sight you will never forget. Some of the bodies closer 
to the centre of the blade is bare deep red gashes identical to the wounds you saw on the body of the coach driver, leading to believe that at least some of the slain met their end by the tentacles of the beast you encountered en route to the village. So you've hiked back to hold back the anger that wells up inside you. Figure may compromise your judgment. A loud rumble to the north scatters the silence and a series of small tremors run through the ground beneath your feet. Somewhat to your dismay, the source of the disturbance promptly steps into view into view around the mountainous heap. People rubble at the far end of the village square. A towering, moss-covered, bog-giant. The green-skinned, mossy giant, standing at least 15 feet tall, strolled slowly into the square, and used its massive wooden club to knock down the half-standing remains of a stone chimney. A simple, destructive act seems to give the giant some degree of satisfaction, smiles while watching the tim- chimney topple over in the wake of his blows. Your eyes are drawn to the giant's hands, upon the back of which are emblazoned an unmistakable and fear-inspiring symbol, the Oxyantia. The bog giant halts and turns his moss-covered head in your direction, so lifeless gaze with its dull black eyes falls upon you. Towering Queen Beth Bethimot thumps the ground twice with its massive spawn fight spawn spiked wooden club and grumbles. One left one left is it then he says as he be- begins stomping towards you, his fungus covered lips drawn back into a leering grin. He suddenly steals her to incredible self throat. The giant suddenly stops picks up an overturned wagon lying across his path. The slightest sign of saying, and he hoists the wagon over his head and hurls it at you. Okay, I've got a few options here. Could use fortification, destruction, elementalism, telekinesis, or I could dodge. I can't use destruction because that's not quite high enough level. Hmm, I'm going to use telekinesis. To see what happens. Succeeded! 16 XP to telekinetic. What? I moved an entire wagon! I expect at least 32. You call upon your power, telekinesis, and focus its energy on the soaring wagon. Only with tremendous effort you're able to steer, able to project enough telekinetic energy at the wagon to veer off course. The wagon smashes to the ground only a few feet to your right. The, angry, the giant's angry war betrays his displeasure. I wanted to smash things! Now I have to smash things again! Ah, I like smashing! Smashing! Ah, you're not smashing! I'm angry! Like that. But speaking giantese, which is more. Which is something like that. It is. <laughs> Different. <laughs> Greetings from our master, grins the giant. He stomps forwards and swipes at you with his massive thorn-spiked club. Can I can pick a number? A bonus of 40. 20 from agility, 10 from body, and 10 from luck. Just got to get out of the way. 
72. He rolls to the side, nimbly dodging what could easily have been a fatal blow. The head of the giant's massive thorny cross smashes into the ground, leaving a sizable impression in the earth. Which is much better than an sizable impression in your face. <laughs> As the bog's giant withdraws his brutal weapon, you spring to your feet and assume a defensive stance. The bog giant, bog giant grins rippedly as a glimmer of fire passes across his dull black eyes. He raises his weighty club in the air, then slams the weapon to the ground at his feet. In response to his action, the ground before the giant suddenly explodes, as three massive thorny vines erupt from the earth amidst a shower of dirt and stone. Extending from the end of each of those three vines is the broad, flat, green head of a fanged serpent. What? He's both huge and magic? That's just, that's just unfair! One or the other! One or the other! Come on! You take a step back and watch with mounting horror as the three vine serpents sliver swiftly towards you. The bog giant's cruel laughter fills the air as the first of his summoned minions reach you. Alright, begin combat! Thorny Vine Serpent. The Vine Serpent hisses as it snaps its thorn-filled jaws at you. Oh, there's a lot of it. Just got into a battle rage, and it is slain. 14 XP. The second of the three Vine Serpents slivers forward and attacks, seeking to sink its thorny fangs into your flesh. Once again, a thorny vine. Pain! Wax your body as the venom of your enemy courses through your veins. Not my veins! I need them for putting blood in! No! Not my veins! My precious, precious veins! But it is still slain. 22 XP. The third fine serpent inches forward and attacks... Its powerful jaws snapping the air only inches from your head begin combat. Fine serpent hisses and a hoist snaps its thorn-filled jaws at you. And I pain whacks your body as the venom of your enemy courses through my precious, precious veins. Ooh, I just oh no, I'm really angry. I've got into a battle range. So outside of this, the internet just played silly buggers. But nevertheless, it is slain for 30 XP. The towering bog giant grins, exposing a fearsome line of blood-stained teeth as he stops to watch you, raising his massive thorn club high above his head. With the merciless destruction of Tufflestock and his citizens serving as your inspiration, you are determined to see it. An end put to this savage brute. Yeah, this is for Tufflestock. The giant bog giant swipes at you with his massive thorn club. And this is also for those two horses and the driver whose name I never got to know. Maybe I'll ask later. 
the enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 28 damage. Ooh, another devastating blow. Ooh, and I just got into battle rage. So I just thought about all the people he'd killed and now I'm just so, so angry. Die, stupid giant. And then stay dead. And don't come back as a skeleton or anything like that. You have slain your foe. 39 experience. With a torrent of greenish blood spilling down its sizable torso. The bog giant staggers to the left and then topples sideways. Striking the ground with a reverberating thud. You watch in amazement as the massive humanoid body melts into a broad, pungent puddle of moss, muck, and moss. Wait, was this some sort of magical construct, this giant? Or is that just what bog giants usually do? Or are all bog giants magical constructs? Oh, I. As you turn away from the unsettling sight, you spot something moving on the ground nearby. Weaving about on the ground only a few yards from where you stand is a small, shadow, tear-shaped shadow. You cautiously approach the shadow and are horrified by its appearance up close. It is in the shape of an oxygen tear, as that same poem showed you on the ancient scroll. Very sight of the dark, dancing shadow. Shadowy tears as the chill through you. Realise you are gazing upon the mark of the demon. A fateful decision. What, what's this? Hand of fate. For better or worse, fate, some excuse destiny, plays an important though often overlooked role in a life adventure. Sometimes even those innocuous events and adventures choice regarding them Help shape your destiny ever so slightly by guiding the hand of fate. Various times in your venture, you may encounter this message. A fateful decision. You inexplicably feel you know, that in some imperceptible way, your destiny is linked to choices you're about to make. The of, above, me message takes a marked choice. A choice that your character is about to make that will in some way affect him or her at some point in the future. It should be noted that when making these marked choices, there are not any correct or incorrect selections. Each marked choice in your character, character makes an effect on his or her fate somewhere along the line. Selections you face when make with, you make when faced with marked choices won't negatively affect your character in any way. Your selections are likely to impact your character moving forward, often in unexpected ways. No, I'm, I could take that mark, but it's the mark of pure evil, so I'm not going to take it. Ignore the shadowy moments, only a few mo- and a, after only a few moments it vanishes, leaving no trace of, of itself on the ground. Without further delay, turn your attention to the wounds of Tufflestock. From where you stand, your eyes scan the scene of destruction. Anger wells up within you as you slowly begin to pick your way through the piles of rubble debrished only a few short hours ago, where the homes and buildings that made up the centre of Tufflestock. As you pass by a particularly steep pile of stone and timber, the unmistakable sound of a child sobbing reaches your ears. At the second fort, you tear around the corner 
the Mount Debis and finds herself facing five small children. One child, dark-haired boy, perhaps five or six years of age, sits on the ground, sobbing uncontrollably. The others bend over him, attempting to lend him what comfort they can. As you approach, the children turn and begin to slowly back away. It takes several moments then for you to convince the children that you mean them no harm. In a surprising turn of events, all, of the all five of them suddenly rush forward and throw their arms around you. Each of them breaking down as they lean against you to keep from falling around. Better for five minutes. You do nothing but listen to their sobs as you try to allay their fears. When a couple of their children are somewhat again, they seem to they seem eager to talk. You're all too, and you're only too willing to hear what they have to tell you. You listen to children tearfully tell you how they hid in the cellar of a house just as a giant began its attack on Tufflestock. Three boys and two girls, none of them older than ten, were understandably shaken by their recent ordeal. After comforting them as best you can, you move them a safe distance from the village before returning to make a final search for other survivors. Despite maintaining a faint glimmer of hope, the search proves to be in vain. Or, or you discover from the village are the bodies of those citizens, Tufflestock unfortunate to have found themselves in the path of the bog giant. Near the northern edge of the village, you find the body of a chain-clad man. As lifeless hand is still wrapped around the hilt of her longsword, the man's blue tibard bears the embroidered, embroidered insignia of Thane Porrid. His prayer the former border ranger, border ranger sent here by, by the thing. Convinced that there are no other survivors, returns to where the five children went and set out for what will be, what will seemingly be a long and arduous trek back to Twithick. Oh, no. The outskirts of the village, at the edge of the forest, discover a wagon drawn by two stout horses. Reason the horses have bolted. You reason the horses must have bolted during the attack on Stuffstock, but without dwelling on the obvious, you load the children into it and climb onto the sagging wooden blankets, taking form hold of the worn veins. Only a couple of hours later, as afternoons begin to drift towards York, you roll into Twithick aboard the wickety wagon, your five new charges peering out over the cracked timbers of the buckboard. Without hesitation, you head for the for the eastern centre of the city, and straight for the gates of Twinned Keep. The guards at the gate immediately recognise you. Heavy iron barrier swings open, now you to wind up the main tower, wherein lies the residence of the Thane. More than once, the servants rush up to you and offer to take, take the children. Refuse to relinquish them, instead proceed up to the Thane's private chamber with all five of the bewildered refugees following at your heels. You're within ten paces of the chamber, when the, when the heavy oaken door opens, and the commanding voice of Thane Porin beckons you to enter. Thane Porin seems at first to be puzzled by the appearance of his children, but after looking at them for a few moments, his demeanor shifts from one of puzzlement to one of fatherly compassion. He crouches down in front of the five children, asks them their names, and gently places his hand on each of their heads in terms. Rises and summons servants. 
Within moments, two women and a man appear in the chamber and bow before you in the thane. Tells them to take the children and prepare a comfortable room for them. And they, re- and they are to remain under his guard as guests. I will see that we discover, if possible, the place of their kin, says his tone grave when the children have gone. If matters as I fear, based merely upon their overview, I see to it they're taken into the care and custody of a dear friend of mine. Brother Aldrich of Lilac Monastery. That, however, is a matter for tomorrow or beyond. Following the departure of the children, entreat the thane to a to thorough account of the adventure in Tufflestock, beginning with the tentacled beast and the death of the coachman, and ending with the slaying of the marble giant. Twithick's overlord sits in a high back wooden chair before the fire, with his head bowed. He listens to your to your narrative of the horrific series of events. When you finish your account, Thane Poland sighs and rests his chin, his chin on his fist. Perid was a good man, he says, responding to the mention, having found the body of the border ranger. I'm certain he fought to the end against the beast, making smile to know he returned here with the children. Oh, let us hope. We shall discover yet more survivors. The fame suddenly rises and calls for one of his serpents. A young man arrives and bows to both of you and the fame, and is promptly instructed to fetch the master of arms. He again bows and departs. I'll have three hundred men in what remains of Tufflestock within three hours, says Dane Porrand. Perhaps there are others hardly wobble. And any who fled might well return. I can't very well rebuild the village tonight, or very at least begin to bury the dead. I can, I assure you, that anyone with wicked design on that place or anything other nearby village will find their foul plans met with force. The thing again commends you for your bravery and on the success of your mission. As he's speaking, he suddenly feels for some reason he's so near closely. Before you can validate suspicions, he, tur- he suddenly turns away. Thane Poland walked over to the narrow window at the far end of the cha- west, west end of changer and gazes out at the city below. After a nearly a minute silent, the overlock turned and sighs. I just wonder what those children saw in that village, he says gloomy. Their eyes are far too young and bright for the horror that might cross them there. And now... They find themselves cast out into the gale to fend for themselves long before such a time should, should ever arrive. Percy sees what they are. Then he pauses and slowly shakes his head. He then strides back across his chamber and places his broad, steady hand upon your shoulder. The age is upon us, my friend. We are certainly in no need of such a reminder, he says. His steely gaze meets your own. I dare say the first of the fabled tears has fallen, Thoop. But what are we to do? How can we hope to outmaneuver and combat an enemy that seemingly appears at will without warning and leaves us washing to fend, defend those already fallen? We meet Thane Pond in a sharp cross. And remind the golden bearded warrior that fear and despair are amongst the most powerful weapons wielded by the demon and his agents, he smiles. How quickly can one forget such things, he says, nodding response. Still, 
as much to fear. Even should such sediment draw his claws ever closer to out. Ours is not the common struggle, Zoop. The farmers worry of wane and harvest. Merchants of marked prices. People that you're not like those in any cause, the wild worms. Think nothing of demons of magic and fulfilment of ancient prophecy. It is life itself that serves them and us with fear. But so often it's common, common struggles as much as anyone can hope to bear. The vein returns to the far window and leans out of the fading light of day. That leaves our soup, he says, without turning around. Men like us who will write the history of age, or at least begin it. Where it goes with its bar passing us for our space, asked for not for us to say, I suppose. I should very much like to think. Paul pauses and turns away from window and sides. Well, that's about enough of that, says Smirking. He didn't be so polite, Zoop. Suffer through my prattling? The hour is late, and I shouldn't keep you a moment longer from, from your own affairs. Once again, you're owed a debt of gratitude, dear friend. Don't afraid you'll have to wait for public accolades. This is a must for now, remain known to few. You bid farewell to the Thane and make your way out of his chamber. As you step out into the corridor, Thane's voice carries after you. Very nearly dark soup. Won't tarry if I revile you. After all, there's a curfew over the city. His quest is done, and they got 384 experience to general. If that even matters now. Please continue. Okay, but that's that's all. That's all the tasks that Thane Poland has for me for a while. He's got, he's got a lot of things to deal with. A lot. He's doing the best he can, but... Ugh, just doesn't get a break, does he? Just doesn't get a break. He's got, he's got goblins. Goblins attacking. He's got, he's got organised crime. And now this demon... And now this extra-dimensional horror demon is sneaking in. Ugh, it's just so unfair. So unfair. So much easier for him. So much easier than he was just fighting goblins. Yes. Well, that's... That's it for now.